Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. In case you haven't noticed, that's what we're talking about today. How many of you are familiar with that song? I, I could tell your age. Oh, man, okay. Now, now I got to fix it because a lot of artists sampled it since the original. So, so let, let, let me fix it. How many of you are familiar, were around when it came out originally? There we go. Now, now there's a different hands. Okay, there we go. All right, all right. Good, good, good. all right now if you were around when it originally came out and i'm going to do the mission statement in may if you were around when it originally came out this is your test did you have it on cd or did you have it on vinyl in 1984 a group consisting of the rapper jalil ecstasy and dj grandmaster d recorded a song that would reach the number four spot on billboard's top 100 r&b and hip-hop songs this hit song recorded by the group known as houdini put a spotlight on one of the most important aspects of the human experience and the song was entitled friends how many of us have them friends ones we can depend on friends how many of us have them this song uh, was so instrumental back in the day. Nobody was writing songs about being friends. Nobody was talking about uh, relationships like that. But this kind of set the tone for a lot of what culture would dictate uh, uh, in terms of the importance of relationships. As a matter of fact, after this incredible song by Houdini, we see that there were many TV shows during this era created, and it all centered around the theme of friendship. As a matter of fact, there was one uh, uh, that was called... Uh, Golden Girls, and the theme song, Thank You for Being My Friend. Travel around the world and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Huh? That was a, a, a TV show centered around friendship. Then, then there was another one uh, about these group of people. Uh, uh, they were melanin-complected, and, and they were in New York, in, in the brownstone, and... and, and uh, uh, some of them were single. Most, I think all of them were single, but the two of them end up hooking up later on. And, and that, soul was, uh, that show was called, We Are Living, Hey, Single. Come on. In the 90s kind of world, I'm glad I got my... Come on. And so, so, and so, so then after that, 
That show, was, that show was such a success and it was so wonderful that, that, that the producers uh, decided that, you know what, this is such a great idea to, to do a show about a group of friends, uh, professionals that are living together. Let's, let's, let's change what the demographic looks like and just call that show Friends. As a matter of fact, Friends was far more successful than Living Single, but the producers stole the idea from Living Single. There's interviews about it. As a matter of fact, I was blown away because this week, it's like God was helping me preach this message, right? This week, David Schremer, uh, who, was, who played, uh, I forgot his character in Friends. Uh, what was his name? Ross. Ross, that's it, yeah. So, so the guy who played Ross, he came out and, and made a statement. He says, you know what? Uh, we should do an all-black or all-Asian version of Friends. And social media went off on dude like, Really? I think this dude, what's his name? He's one of my favorite comedians. Kevon Stage, like, made a really good spoof on it. He was like, yeah, we should. And they should be all black, and they should live in, in, in New York, and, uh, and they should, I mean, he just, like, called him out on it. Because guess what? Friends was stolen from what was already an all-black cast of Friends, but because of demographics and things like that. But nonetheless, here it is, a successful show called Friends. So successful, so successful, in fact, that those who were stars in it, reports say that every time a rerun is shown of that show, every single one of the key stars, the key characters, get $20 million. Real talk. Y'all don't know when I read that. I was like, no, that Queen Latifah should be getting that. Kim Coles, Kim Fields should be getting that. T.C. Carson should be getting that. Right? They should be getting all of them. Erica Alexander should be getting that. I'm serious. When I, when I look at that, John, uh, I forgot his last name. John, yes, he should be getting that. Because that show was, in my opinion, of course, I'm biased, was much better than Friends. Much, it, was, it was just, I loved what it was talking about. But that's how success, a show that's all about one of the most important aspects of the human experience called Friends. And that's what life is all about. That's what, and that's what we're talking about. So this series is entitled Squad, Friendship Goals. So, so we had a, a, an incredible song called Friends by Houdini. Then followed by that, we had a series of incredible shows that dealt with this one particular thing centered around this theme of friendship. Then after that, oh my goodness, here comes social media. So let's see how hashtags are doing today. I wanted to do this in front of y'all live just so we can see what the numbers are. So I got my, my phone out. So I'm going to check hashtag friendship. Okay. Hashtag friendship right now has had 52.8 million posts. Hashtag friendship. Okay. That, let's see. Let's try this one. Hashtag friendship goals. Let's see how that one did today. Okay. Boom. 12 million posts, okay? Let's just do hashtag squad. 15.4 million posts. Squad goals, 7.3 million posts. Why am I sharing all of this with you? Because why is everybody posting pictures or images of, of the goals to be in, in relationship with others. Because as human beings, we are in, 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 innately wired that way. Watch this. I'll say it this way. 
because we're humans, we were conceived in relationship. We're born into relationship and we live in relationship. And therefore, we need relationship. There's no way around it. We are all born we were conceived in relationship. Now, I know you, you could say, well, my parents ain't together or whatever the case may be. Yeah, but they, in that moment of conception, they were in relationship. Even if it was just in that moment. We are all born into relationship. And because of that, we desire innately to be in relationship with each other. Let me show you what I mean by that. If you have your Bible, I want you to meet me over in the, ah, clumsy. I want you to meet me over in the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. And by the way, um, as we're talking about relationships over these next few weeks, a good, a good book to have to go along with this is this incredible book by my pastor, Dr. Darius Daniels, entitled Relationship and Relational Intelligence. Uh, I've only made it through the introduction, and I'm like, OMG, it's, on, it's incredible. Um, I highly recommend you get this book. I cannot buy it for you. There, it's not that cheap, but it's that good. So definitely get that uh, if you want it. I'm not trying to help him sell books, but as I'm talking about relationships, this will be a really good, uh, uh, really good tool to help you understand some of what I'm talking about. Because a lot of what I'll talk about will also come from similar themes that you find in his book. So check that out. It's an incredible book. So Genesis chapter two, verses four. Start with verse four. Genesis chapter 2, begin with verse 4. And it says this. When the Lord made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plant nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord gave, for the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth. And there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, the trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of good uh, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, a river flow from the land of Eden, watering the garden and then dividing into four branches. The four branches called the, the Pishon flowered, uh, around, flowed around the entire land of Havilah where gold is found. The gold of that land is exceptionally pure, aromatic, reason, uh, onyx stone are also found there. The second branch called the Gihon uh, flowed around the entire land of Cush. The third branch called the Tigris flowed east of the land of Ashur. Uh, the fourth branch is called the Euphrates. The Lord had placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend, to, to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may f- eat freely of the fruit of the tree. You may, eat, you may freely eat of the fruit Eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Then God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Catch that. Then God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just 
right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground of from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. Catch that. He didn't immediately form the helper. He formed all these other things around him first. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds in the sky, all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord caused the man to fall asleep into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord took out of one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from me. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and two are united into one. I want you to pay close attention to what I just said, that God made a helper perfect for Adam. Last month, we talked all about vision and the importance of vision. And now I want to help you understand that whatever God has placed the burden in your heart for in terms of vision, you can't do it alone. He gave Adam vision when he brought Adam, when he brought all the wild animals from the dirt, when he created all of those different plants, he gave Adam a vision. How do I know that? He said, name these things. Adam didn't just say, okay, boom, boom, boom. Adam had a vision for what they were called. Adam had a vision for what he would name them. Adam had a vision before he had a helper. And once he had the vision and he had the assignment of what he had to do, then he made him a helper. Catch what I just said. He didn't say, I am going to make a wife for the man. He says, I'm going to make a helper. And what God is saying in this moment, what he is telling each and every one of us is that we all have an assignment, but we also have a helper. Every one of us has a vision. Every one of us has a purpose. But God didn't just give you purpose and not give you people to go along with your purpose. He never asked you to do something alone. Your, all, your relationship uh, uh, begins first with him, but he also sends people on this earth that look and act like you to fulfill what he's called you to do. This is why we start here. Because when he made man, he made a woman, not so that he can give her just a wife, but he gave him a woman to be his helper. Because we're not meant to go at it alone. He gave them instructions to populate, the, 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 to be fruitful and multiply, be fruitful and multiply, uh, be fruitful and multiply. The fruitful part is, is the part of enjoyment. The fruitful part is the part of the relationship. The multiply part is what happens as a result of it. Y'all listening? The fruitful part is the enjoyment. It's the part of the relationship. But the multiply part is the result of the relationship, building the relationship. And watch this. When we say this, how does that apply to us? If we look at it from outside of the context of man and woman relationship, if we look at it outside of the context of romantic relationship, he's saying, watch this, that in relationship with other human beings, there is fruit. I learn from you. You learn from me. There is a pouring in and a pouring out. That's the fruit of it. And the results are what we both benefit from in the end. We're all called to be in relationship with one another. So it's oftentimes I hear people quote this scripture and they always just look at it and associate it with marriage. No, he's talking about the importance of relationship. I'm about to show you why this is so important. Ecclesiastes tells us this as well. Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through 12. Two people are better than one. 
for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. What did I just say? The first thing I said, two people are better off than one. For here it is, they can help each other succeed. And what Solomon is quoting here, what Solomon is referencing here is exactly what I mentioned in Genesis chapter 2. A helpmeet. Somebody that helps you in life. And it's not always the person that has your last name. It's not always the person that you stood before God and made a covenant bond with that you call your spouse. No, sometimes a person that God has called to help you get to where you got to go is only there for each season. I will tell you this, since my, for my entire life, I've always uh, 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 believed in the importance of mentorship. And, and here's the thing, I didn't know how much I believed into it because it was just placed on me. People would say to me in my local community, uh, uh, oh man, boy, you're going to be somebody. And everybody would pour something into me and, and oh man, you're going to be a leader. And I don't, you know, I just, people always say that, right? They just say that. Come on, I ain't the only one somebody said that to in this room. Right. People always say that. And so that was the early stages of mentorship for me. And then eventually there were some who spent quality time with me. I will tell you, there was a man by the name uh, in my local community. His name was Pearlie Jones. And Pearlie Jones was the night director at the local community center. And and Pearlie Jones would let me uh, go into a room at the local community center. And I would grab bongos because I didn't have my own. I would grab bongos that I borrowed from my high school uh, so that I could practice. And, and I didn't have it. So So while everybody else was shooting basketball or shooting pool, he would give me a room to myself and I would be there banging on those bongos until my hands were bleeding. Because that's what I wanted to do. I just loved playing the bongos. And so Pearly didn't just stop there. It got to a point where Pearly be like, hey, hold on, man. Now, now Pearly was was straight up. He was a real dude. And here's what I mean by a real dude. Um, He loved the N-word. He was a master at using the N-word. Like, like Sam Jackson is a master at the M word, the MF word. No, Pearly was like, I mean, nobody said the N word like Pearly. He don't care how old or young you were. And so, so Pearly would say to me, he'd say, N word, did you do your homework? And I'd be like, yes, sir, I did my homework. Okay, cool. So he just took my word for it. Eventually, report cards come out. Everybody got to show their report card to Pearly. Get the report card. My math ain't looking like it's supposed to look. N word, you ain't did your homework. <laughs> I, swear to you, I mean, it was a term of endearment. <laughs> and he's like, this don't look like you did your homework. And word, I tell you what, you ain't going to go back in that room and play them drums until you do that homework. And I'm you're going to sit here at my table, at my table and do that homework. And I'm going to check it to make sure it's done right now. Pearly wasn't good in math, but just knowing that he would check it, it was enough to intimidate me. So he looked to make sure I did my math homework. And, I, and I'll, I'll tell you, when I graduated high school, I graduated with honors in math because of Pearlie Jones, as well as some of my math teachers. Uh, in, in New York, we had uh, regents. Regents is a honors level. I, I, had, I graduated with regents in math um, and science because of Pearlie Jones. 
Uh, before I became a pastor, I made a living full-time as a musician. I've composed for Emmy Award-winning movies and off-Broadway shows. I've toured halfway around the world as a musician, and I have to give credit where credit is due. That's Pearlie Jones making sure I did my homework. That's Pearlie Jones giving me a room and could stay there until he locked up the place and he took me home. That's mentorship. That's somebody pouring into me. So what do I do? I pour that back out to others. I mentor so many young men. Uh, My heart is mentorship. I have mentor programs in every single one of the schools in this area, from Lindley Middle School all the way up to Lindley, all the way up to Pebblebrook High School. I currently teach eighth grade boys at all nine middle schools in an entire county. Why? Because Pearlie Jones mentored me. I mentor others. That's relationship. There's a pouring in that we have to pour out. And this is what happens with us. And watch this. So, so we are all in relationship. And guess what? It's amazing the number of people that come up and say stuff to me like, oh, man, you don't know uh, what you did. I mean, I got people that find me on Facebook. To, and I'm, this is not about me. I'm just showing you the model of pouring in so that you could pour out. Uh, I, I, one of the top makeup artists in the world right now, his name is Sir John Barnett. And I, <laughs> I remember when he said he wanted to be an artist, you know, and, and I just spelt, spent time with him, taught him how to tie a tie, met him at Payless Shoe Source, and he's just a good young man. I did not know that he'd become one of the biggest makeup artists in the world. He is currently uh, Beyonce's makeup artist. Uh, matter of fact, when I read his Facebook, uh, man, not Facebook, but Instagram posts, I'm like, they're treating this dude like he God. I'm serious. He's that big time, and I don't look for that. I don't want accolades. I just pour in because somebody poured into me. So when I look at him and he, he's like, oh, man, you taught me how to tie a tie. Shake hands and look people in the eye. And it's like, I didn't do that because I wanted something out of it. I did that because somebody told me to do that. And that's what we have to do. And it's the same thing with Jesus and the example he set, right? Watch this. Let's go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Grab your Bibles if you have them. If not, it'll be on the screen. Luke chapter 5. I'm going to begin with verse 1. And we'll see, this is Jesus picking out his first disciples. Okay, Luke chapter 5, verse 1. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed around him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats and the water's edge, for fishermen had left them and, and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out in the water. Pause real quick. That Simon, that's Peter. This is before Peter becomes Peter. This is before Jesus makes him a disciple. This is their introduction according to Luke. Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out in the water. So, So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch anything. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down. Again, he is not even a disciple yet, but he is under the mentorship of Jesus. At this period, in case you don't know, during this period right now, uh, many theologians and scholars will say at this point, Jesus had been spending 18 months already with Peter. We think that Jesus comes out of the wilderness after 40 days. He walks out. Okay, I done beat the devil down. I want you. 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 Drop down in this problem. No, no, no. 
He had already picked them out and spent 18 months before he qualified them to hang out with him for the next three years. Y'all don't know that part. He had already spent 18 months, according to some theologians and scholars, with these guys before he gave them permission to have access to him, intimate access to him. Catch that, because many of us to be trying to be friends too quick. <laughs> oh, you like, you like my team? I like your team? Oh, well, let's be best friends. No, you got to earn access to me. You got to earn it. Jesus was with him 18 months, according to some theologians and scholars. Catch this. So Jesus replied. So, um, so he said, Master, boom, 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 boom. He said, um, a shout for help brought their partners in other boats. And, and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus. 18 months. Didn't even realize he was hanging out with Jesus. He thought he was hanging out with just a smart dude. Thought he was hanging out with somebody that, that, that could preach the word, somebody that could, that could pray over people and heal them. No, no, no. At this point, when the fish were filling up over the net, that's when he realized he was hanging with Jesus. Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were all so amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. This is after 18 months of hanging with them. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Why is that important, Pastor B? Why, why, why are you telling us? Why is that important? Because here it is. This is why this is important. Even Jesus, the second person in the Godhead or Trinity, the Lord God Almighty, Emmanuel God with us. Even Jesus was not exempt from this innate need, internal need, to be in relationship with others. This is God. God could do anything but fail, but God knows that the way he designed us, the only way that he could be fully human is to be fully human. And to be fully human is to have to have relationship with other humans. Not even God was exempt from not having relationship with humans. This is why he chose, and you can look at Luke 6, 12 through 16, who he chose. You had Simon, whom he named Peter. You had Andrew, Peter's brother. You had James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Jesus didn't just, this is God himself in human form. He could have done everything alone if he wanted to because he is God all by himself. But this is what happened. God said to himself, if I'm going to become human, the thing I've created to be in relationship like Adam, the first human I created to make him in relationship. I've got to be just like I created him, desiring to be in relationship. Yeah, sure, I can perform miracles by myself. Yeah, sure, I can, I, can, I can do all these other things by myself, but if I'm going to be human, I've got to be all the way human, and being all the way human requires me to be in relationship with other humans. And that's what God did through Jesus, build relationships with 12 people. And guess what? He, he didn't look for the sharpest tools in the toolbox. He said, you know what, man? Peter tells you right, right already what his identity is. Peter's like, no, get away from me. I'm a sinner, man. I'm 
Peter was such a sinner, he told Jesus to get away from him. Why? Not because he wasn't worthy, but he's afraid his sin would fall on Jesus. That was his concern. (laughs) I'm so much of a sinner. Get away from me because this sin nature is contagious. Back up off me, bro. I'm not worthy. Get away. So we know who Jesus chose. He chose people that were imperfect. We often talk about Peter just being a fisherman. No, Peter says it with his own words. I'm a sinner. That means he's done some things that offended God in his life and felt unworthy. Okay? So who else did he hang out with? Tax collectors. Whoa, that's even crazier because according to Scripture, tax collectors were deemed worse, (laughs) if there's such a thing, worse than sinners. Like, it's like sinner, tax collector. Ooh. I'm going to hang with these sinners. Y'all tax collectors. Y'all are worse than them. Some people say still are. (laughs) No comment. This is Facebook Live. And it's tax season. I need favor. Glory to God. So, who else did he hang out with? People that were not of political power. People that were zealous. Right. That means they were just just over the over the top with stuff. Right. He hung out with people that were thieves. What do you mean? Who who was the thief? Who was the thief? Uh, uh, Judas Iscariot. Yeah. How do we know that? Because scripture tells us later on that that he was robbing the, the purse. He was taking out money from the collection plate. You don't think Jesus knew that when he selected him? Y'all think our Jesus is that small-minded that he let something that small get over his periphery? No, he knew who he was selecting. He selected those who would otherwise be deemed unqualified to be hanging with the Messiah. There was a reason why he did that. is to show us that we can't be in relationship with people that we think we need to be in relationship with. We can't be around just people that's smart like us. We can't be around people that just look like us. We can't be just be around people that think like us. I had a discussion with somebody while I was on set, and, and this, we were talking about Islam. And he said, uh, uh, he, he, he made a comment about the Islamists. I said, there's no such thing as Islamists. Where do you get that from? Well, that's what those radical Islamists are called. They're not radical Islamists. I said, well, what do we call radical Christians? Oh, people who are sold out for Christ. No, no, no. I call them bombers of abortion clinics. I call them the KKK. Those are radical Christians. And so, and so he's like, no, 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 you can't. No, no. I said, why can't I say that? Because you're calling people who are zealous about what they believe and doing something bad. You're calling them something that media portrayed them as. I said, that's wrong, my friend. I said, they're Muslims that made a bad decision. Like those Christians who bomb abortion centers. They're Christians that made a bad decisions. I said, quit, quit doing that pigeonholing people into these things. We are all who we are, but we have to be in relationship with others. And so he says, uh, he, so he asked me, he says, so do you hang around with Muslims? I said, absolutely. I said, I'm grateful for, for the religion of Islam because it was Islam that taught me how to pray. It was Islam that taught me how to fast because I never saw Christians doing that growing up. I said, so I'm grateful for my time as a Muslim because it prepared me for being a Christian. I studied while I was a Muslim. And took that over to my Christianity. And this is why I share with y'all stuff that y'all may not be aware of. And I said, when I'm doing stuff for my local community, we have interfaith things. 
In other words, when we do stuff for our local community, when we're raising funds and we're feeding kids, guess what? Some of that money come from Muslims' hands. Some of that money come from atheists' hands. But at the end of the day, it's God who gets the blessing and helps those who need it. I said, so if, I said, I said, so if you believe that you can accomplish the work of God just by yourself, then you are, you are outside of the will of God. Because Jesus has Samaritans, not Jews, helping him do the work that, the God, that God called him to do here. And Samaritans were not Jewish people, even though Jesus was a Jew. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than y'all responding today. We have to have a diverse group of friends. I'm going to tell you if, you, if you look through your, your call, caller ID and you look through your contacts, I know my time is up right here, and all your people look like you and vote like you and act like you, you need to expand your friends because that's what Jesus did. He could have hung out with the Pharisees and he would have fit right in. Could have hung out with the Sadducees, would have been welcome very much. So with the Essenes, he would have been welcome. But no, he said, nah, y'all good. This fisherman who's a sinner, I think I want to hang with him. The dude that's worse than a tax collector, I definitely need you in my camp, bro. The thief, yeah, <laughs> we going to hang out, bro. Come on and hang with me. And then he said, I'm going to look for people that's got some stains on them too, to hang with me. I'm going to go to Samaria and meet a woman at a well where everybody judged her. So she'll, she goes at an, uh, an inopportune time to fill up her, her, her pail of water, a time when nobody else would be out there because she was so embarrassed by her shame. But thank God, Jesus knew she would be there. And he said, while y'all go all the way around Samaria, I'm going to go right through Samaria because there's somebody at this moment right now who is guilty guilted with, 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 with the shame of her, of her sin. And so I'm going to go there and meet her at the well, not because I'm thirsty, but because she is. Are y'all looking for thirsty people? Are you hanging with people who already got their thirst quenched? Because if that's what you're doing, you're offending God. We need to be out there looking for thirsty people. But guess what? If you ain't thirsty yourself, you ain't going to go look for them. You ain't going to meet them at the well. You've got to be hungry first. You've got to be thirsty first. And then we have to go out and bring those people here into relationship with God. We have to have a diverse group of people that we hang out with. So really quick, I got to run this. I got to go. I, gotta, I told them to stop me at a certain time, and I've already went over that. There are some types of relationships we got to have. Here they are really quick. We've got to have friends. We're going to talk about these over the next few weeks. We've got to have friends. Friends are those you can confide in. Friends are those that you can be accountable to and accountable for. Uh, friends are those that encourage you and support you, Okay. Uh, mentors. You got to have people. I mean, honestly, if you don't have a mentor in your life, do you realize I have mentors to this day? They change as I grow. That's how I know when I'm growing, when, when I change my group of mentors. <laughs> that's when I know I'm growing. I'm like, yeah, I don't believe that no more. But this what this, let me let me let me go here. Right. When I became a pastor, I surrounded myself with pastors that would mentor me as a church planner. Now that I'm a full-time pastor, I'm no longer in a church plant mindset. Now I'm with pastors that mentor me. When I got married, my wife and I immediately, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm looking for mentors that's married five years, 15 years, 20 years, because I want to know the secret. How did you get to 20? Because I, I want to get to 20. And when I get to 20, guess what? I'm looking for people that's in the 50. How'd you get to 50? I mean, we done made it to 20. Now, how am I, I going to get the rest of this, right? You've got to constantly have mentors. 
you got to constantly be changing your group of mentors. You've got to have mentors, people that they're speaking to you. It's important to have wise counsel. It's important to have guidance. It's important to have teachers. But let me say this before I get there. You've got to be teachable. You've got to be teachable. Okay? Uh, it, it, you, you've got to have people that will encourage you, that's a mentor, and support you. Every good leader, watch this, is a good follower, including Jesus. Jesus was a leader, but he was a follower too, a great follower. He followed who? The Father. We see that he often prayed to who? The Father. He often went to the Father for guidance. Father, if you will. Father, if this is your will. Father, get. He was often praying. Why? Because he followed the lead of the Father, God, right? Every good leader is a good follower. You have to be a good follower too in order to be a good leader, okay? Number three, every one of us has to have mentees, right? If, you're, if, God, if somebody's poured into you, you know what the best thing you could do? You know the best way you honor that person that pours into you is to pour into somebody else. It's to pour into somebody else. Watch this. And don't be looking for a pat on the back. Don't be looking for accolades, Right. I, I, I never do that. I've never done that. But people will come and say, like, like, for instance, the young man I told you about, the number one makeup artist in the world. I've never looked for any accolades. I just was like, yo, you did it, boy. Right. I just poured into him because somebody poured into me. And every single one of you sitting in this room, somebody poured into you. Every single one of you. You can't sit there and tell me nobody since your existence poured into you. Why? Because we are innately wired to seek relationship. And if somebody has mentored you, it is your obligation to mentor others. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about this week what it looks like to have those relationships, what those relationships look like, who you should have in your corner, who you should not have in your corner, uh, what is it, who are those who are on your sideline versus those who are in the corner. They're two different groups of people, right? I've discovered that about three years ago. Um, I went through like the toughest point in my ministry, and I discovered something very important. I learned who was on, the, who was on my side, and then I learned who was in my corner. And sideline people are cool because they're cheering you on. But don't mess up. They'll boo you, right? Come on. Where are my football fans at? Right? That's, that's a sideline person. Like, oh, you got it. Now, how you drop the ball? How did you drop the ball? But corner people be like, yo, 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 you know what happened? I, I saw you dropped the ball. You know what happened? You turned your body too quick. So let me tell you what you do. Next time you go in, just make sure you're facing this way and bam, Right? I discover who my corner people were versus my sideline people. And guess what? My corner people were like just a few. Those are the people who, who when I made a bad decision, they didn't say, man, you made, how could you, I can't believe you did that, B. Really? Really? This is what we're doing now? Really? No, no, no. They were like, yo, I get it. We all, we all make those decisions. But check this out. What you ought to do is this. They coached me through how to do things better. How to, what, what, what areas I needed to kind of, what relationships I needed to cut off and what relationships I needed to invest in. That's what a coach does. That's what a corner man does. They help you get back in the ring and fight better the next round. We're going to talk about that over these next couple of weeks. Y'all don't want to miss a single week. And then uh, I believe it's the third Sunday. Is it the third or second third? Second or third Sunday? Third Sunday, my Morehouse brother, uh, the right reverend, Eddie Johnson is going to deliver a word on relationships, so you want to be here for that. He's going to bring some heat, and he's amazing. I'm so excited. And in case y'all don't know, I'll, I'll make it public now, and then I'm going to close this out. 
uh, Eddie and his beautiful wife, Mendisa, they're going to be planning a church, uh, a mosaic indicator. And so we're, we're here to, to be support for them and to help them. Don't stop clapping when I tell you what I'm going to tell you. We're going to help raise money for them. Because <laughs> they're probably like, Facebook family, listen. So listen, let us pray really quick, and then we're going to partake of our communion. But before we do that, man, if there's anybody, even on Facebook Live, if you, if you have not received the Lord in your life, he's not the head of your life, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him. Uh, if you want to receive Christ today, just lift your hands as a posture of surrender. If you want to rededicate your life today, just lift your hands up as a sign of surrender unto God. Um, he is never offended. No matter how many times we surrender to him, he loves it. Every single time we surrender to him, he's like, I got you. I get it. You're going to need to surrender. My grace is sufficient. So if you want to rededicate your life in this place today, just lift your hand. I want to pray for you in this place. Even online, I can feel you all making decisions. If that's you, lift your hand. I'll pray for you. Father God, I thank you for those today who joined us in this place, God. Those who made a decision to honor you with the fruit of their lips, with their lives, God. Those today who have rededicated their lives, God. Those who tried on their own the best way they can with what they can, but still have missed the mark. I'm praying, oh God, first that you forgive them for any sin that they've committed that's fallen against your house, God. I pray, oh God, that, that, that you uh, uh, right their direction, God. Fix their path, oh God. Make them uh, uh, willing to obey your words and your commandments, oh God. I pray, oh God, that you would cleanse their hearts and know their thoughts, oh God. Make them pure in your sight, oh God. Forgive them, oh God. Redeem them and restore them today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Put your hands together for what God is doing in this place. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.